welcome from me also. It's great to be here. We're going to keep talking about Joshua this morning. Having the last couple of weeks been really great. Has anyone seen any personal breakthroughs so far? Just me? Hands? <laughs> a few more. Wonderful. We're going to continue. We're continuing with chapter five because it's a great chapter. Um, but before we carry on, let's do a quick recap. It helps us is help us remember where we're at. And also, if people have missed the last couple of weeks, we can help them get up to speed with where we're at today. So ideally in order, but can anyone remember any of the five points that Karis has made over the last two weeks? So it was three the first week and two last week. It's all about the lean. I think I heard it from two people at the same time. Thank you, Carrie. So what we learned is that Joshua and the Israelites had to learn an important lesson, that their victory and their dream was more about them leaning on God, relying on him, and getting their strength from him than it was about anything else. So that's point number one. Fantastic. What about number two? That's a point. That's point number three, and that is wonderful, and I will come back to that. Can anyone remember the one before that? It is all about the heart. The point itself was it's time to let it go. So, yeah, the, the Israelites were circumcised, and that was a sign of where their heart was at and that they were going to let it all go, what we've just been singing, surrendering it all to God. Yeah? Time to let it go. Time to unlock another level. Thank you very much, Mick. So before God can take us to the next level in life, to our victory, to whatever it is that we're dreaming about, he often has to unlock something inside of us first. So it's all about on the inside before we can see the changes on the outside. So that was week, week one of chapter five of Joshua. Last week was week two. Can anyone remember the two points from last week or the first point, I suppose? That's a great point. I love that line, Colin. Believing in God brings about belief in yourself. So the first point, it began with T. Can anyone remember what it was? Transformation. Transformation, that's right. So before we conquer the victory God has for us, we need to be transformed. What was the last one? It was also a T point. Team, yeah! It's about everyone, isn't it? Every single person matters in the conquest that God has for us, yeah? Every person is crucial. So that's me, that's you, that's everyone here today. This is a message for each and every one of us. Say to the person next to you, it's personal. Turn around to someone else, it's about me. Turn around to someone else, it's about you. <laughs> about you, John. <laughs> it's personal, okay? We've got all the points, we know where we're at. Wonderful. So let's look at today's passage. And if you're writing down notes, the title for today is Encountering Our Victory. So it says Joshua 5, 13 to 15. You can follow it on the screens if you like. Now, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence. 
and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. The passage moves on. We're not going to read chapter six today, but in chapter six, it moves on to tell us the message and the strategy that the commander of the Lord's army has for Joshua and the resounding victory that comes over Jericho for the Israelites. So it's a wonderful story and we'll move on to that next week. But this passage and our focus for today is about an encounter Encounters are important. Encounters matter. Who here today would like to meet God and see something amazing happen in their lives? Encounters are important. Me too. I want to. I want that. <laughs> I'm here today. You're hearing this for 20 minutes on a Sunday morning. This has been my message all week. So this is for me first and foremost, and the rest of you get to benefit too. There is something really powerful about seeing someone's face. It's more than a picture, it's more than a voice, it's more than a typed message. You get a lot from a person's face. You get a sense of atmosphere, their soul, their shape, their whole appearance, their countenance. Could be unique, it's always going to be unique actually, isn't it? Might be a bit quirky, could be young, could be old, anything in between. There's something special about a person's face. You can tell if you're welcome when you see someone, can't you? If they're happy that you're there if they're pleased with what you've said or what you've done, or maybe if they're not, if they're nervous, they're excited, face is key, isn't it, to an interaction. It's key to any significant encounter. I think nowadays we live in a little bit of a faceless world. You've, you've got a problem with something, some sort of service in your life, you pick up the phone and you ring someone. It's all about customer services on the phone. Or you send an email, don't you? You don't ring people even that much anymore. We might be on social media and it's this sort of, sort of connection, but sort of not a connection because there isn't a person there. It's a screen, it's some writing, might be a picture of them, but it's not quite the same. And it can be easy to exist a little bit differently in a faceless society. Rants on social media. What do people say on social media? Oh dear. It's the sort of thing you would never say face to face to somebody and all of a sudden it's okay to you know, publicize it to your 500 closest friends. I'm just saying think about it, that's all I'm saying. But faces are important. Let's not be faceless people. Let's know what faces we're talking to. It is powerful to see someone's face, and it's how we recognize someone. Yesterday, I took Daniel, who's our eldest son, he's eight, to a football tournament. And across, there was three pictures, and across two of them, I saw this man, kind of from the side, from the back, and I thought, I think I know him. He's quite characteristic appearance, very tall, blonde hair. I, thought, I think I might have gone to university with him a long time ago. And I looked at him, and I, I wondered, eventually he turned around, I could see his face, he was clearly watching one of the little boys on the pitch, and I thought, oh, I think that's him, you know. But it was only when he swapped pictures and walked past me, and he was about this far away, and I saw his face up close, and I thought, yep, yeah, it's definitely him. I said hello, it was him, and we had a chat. <laughs> Seeing his face is how I recognized him, how I connected with him. Joe and Carrie, give us a wave. Joe and Carrie have bought a house this week. Woohoo! 
As part of the process, they've saved up a deposit and they had to arrange a transfer from their bank account to the solicitor's bank account to then um, make the sale happen. Carrie couldn't do this over the phone. They didn't just want to ring. They didn't just want to hear her voice. She went in in person with her ID. She showed them her face. She said, it is really me. I really want this money. I'm really buying a house. Faces are important. Encounters in person, they matter. So in this passage, Joshua encounters the Lord. He sees him face to face and it brings him victory. Okay? So what kind of encounter was this? Got two points today. My first one is that it was a now encounter. But as the commander of the Lord's army, I have now come. Not I have come. He came. I have now come. So Joshua and the Israelites went through a process. We've just been through those five points that they went through in this very same chapter in the lead up to this passage today, the encounter. They went through healing. They went through restoration. They went to a new level of devotion to the Lord. Something changed in their spiritual situation. There was a new atmosphere. They were ready. They were ready. So now the commander of the Lord's army came to them. Now is the best time. Yesterday isn't the best time. Tomorrow is not the best time. Now is the best time. God's timing is perfect. And it's good for us to hear that and get hold of it today. There's hope for all of us. Something now is available that was never available before. This could be something that you've dreamt about for years. Could be something that you've wanted to see a breakthrough in for years. I don't have the privilege of knowing you all personally and deeply, but the Lord does. But I do have the privilege of saying today that there is a now in God, and now is the best place to be in him. Today can be your now. There is a now in God for us if we will meet him face to face. So Joshua felt ready. The whole team had been through this process. He was dressed, he was armed, he had his sandals on and he was going, wasn't he? He was the leader of God's people and his earthly army and he was on his way to scout out the nearest Canaanite stronghold. He was on his way to see what the city of Jericho was like and how they were going to defeat it. His thoughts were on conquest. So in that moment, he didn't actually recognize the Lord. But when he did, he took his sandals off. Commander of the Lord's army said, take off your sandals. This is holy ground. And he did. So what did he do in that moment? He put aside his natural readiness. He needed to wear his shoes for battle. He put that aside and he decided to give God this moment, give God this time. And they'd had to do that before, hadn't they? They were all dressed and ready and pumped for battle. And they all had to stop and be circumcised and inflict injuries on themselves when they thought they should be getting stronger and stronger. But actually, they discovered that their strength was in the Lord. So there's natural readiness and there's readiness in the spirit. And Joshua was ready in the natural. And then he decided to become even more ready in the spirit. And I think this is a really, really nice moment, actually, that we're um, reading about because it echoes what Moses had to do in his encounter with the Lord. So in this moment, in this defining moment for Joshua where he's going to the next level, 
he has to do what Moses had to do before he received his commissioning to go on and be the leader that he was. I think this must have been comforting for Joshua. I think it might also have helped him realize the seriousness of what was happening. He was like, I've heard this before. I've seen this before. Something great is about to happen. The time had come now. They devoted themselves. They declared their reliance was on God. They were all in and they were transformed. They were ready. It was now time for a face-to-face encounter. God doesn't want us to put things off for another day. He has something for us today. He's got an encounter with him. Do you know, if someone important turned up on your doorstep, say the queen, yeah, knocked on your door, and she said, would you mind, would one mind, telling me about one's dreams and one's desires and one's hopes for the future? Can I come in? I don't think we'd say, oh, come back next month. Come back next week. Do you know, come back tomorrow because my house is really messy today. I just don't think we would. I think we'd let her in and we'd tell her our dreams and our visions because she may, may, may be able to help with them. You'd want her to come in now. God is the God of now. Today is the day of salvation. The Israelites were ready. Joshua was ready. My question today, are we ready? Yeah. Are we ready for something now in our own lives? Take a moment. None of us can see your thoughts. Have a think. What is that now? What is that breakthrough? What is that thing that's been eluding you? What is that thing where you think, God, now, I need this now. I need to meet you face to face and see this change now. He's got it. It's here. It's now. So this was a now encounter. It was also a new encounter. This was a new level of encounter for Joshua. There was a new sense of reverence, holiness. Joshua received a new strategy, a new authority. He wasn't expecting the strategy he got, and we'll go into that another week, but he got something different to what he was expecting in this new type of encounter. But you know, this is where the victory began. It wasn't when the walls of Jericho came tumbling down. This was where the victory began. So I mentioned earlier, Daniel took part in a football tournament yesterday. There was this really great moment where one of the defenders, actually a new boy on his team, tackled someone just outside their penalty area, and he won, successfully tackled, won the ball, dribbled up the side, passed the ball to a midfielder, the midfielder lobbed it into the penalty area, and someone else scored. And it was an amazing goal. It was kind of upwards, backwards, sideways, scissor kick, and it went into the goal. We were all like... That was phenomenal. This kid's eight. So everyone cheered. We were all excited. The boy was really pleased with himself. And they all ran back for the game to continue after they'd done their little celebration. And I heard this great line as the defender who'd done the initial tackle, he ran back. And I just heard his dad lean in and say, that started with you, son. I thought, what a great encouragement. The defenders don't get the glory. I was a defender at university. You do not get the glory. (laughs) It's the strikers up front. His dad was right. That started with you, son. If he hadn't put that tackle in, the glory goal wouldn't have happened. This victory starts here. It's not at the moment when the walls tumble down in Jericho. It had to start here with Joshua. It had to start when he encountered the Lord. The victory was, in fact, already won. All Joshua had to wait for was the natural to catch up with the spiritual. The victory was already won. 
All Joshua had to wait for was the spiritual to catch up with the natural. The promise from God is there. The victory is already won. We just have to wait on him. We have to meet with him and see it come to pass. Before Joshua's greatest victory, he met with the Lord. And the thing I have to remember is, whenever I read any bits, particularly of the Old Testament, is they didn't know what was coming next. <laughs> we can be so familiar with these stories. Oh, we know the great victory. We know Abraham and Sarah are going to have a baby when they're 90 and barren, obviously. They didn't know. Joshua didn't know what was going to happen next. And we've got to remember that. We've got to remember that this guy met with Jesus before his greatest victory, which was round the corner and he couldn't see. And that's something we can do. We can choose to meet with Jesus face to face and we can trust that victory is round the corner. And you know, encounters with Jesus, comes, they come at the time when we need them the most, even when we don't realize it. All our journeys start and end with Jesus. It's time for something now. It's time for something new. I find Joshua's questions really interesting in this passage. He starts off, are you for us or are you with our enemies? Yeah, so he gives him A, God, or B. Yeah, is it this, Lord, or is it that? Shall I do this or shall I do that? Joshua in that moment could be any one of us. Shall I go for this job or for that job? Shall I go on this holiday or on that holiday? Maybe, maybe there's a bigger question that God wants us to ask in that moment, which takes things from our thoughts and plans to his thoughts and plans. God is this the right time for a holiday? Oh, why wouldn't God want me to go on holiday? I work so hard. I need a holiday. Why do I have to ask God that question? I'm not saying you have to. <laughs> I'm just suggesting it might be that there is a bigger question there that God has for us. In any area of our lives, this doesn't exclude anything. Do you know, Andy and I booked a holiday last year for February. Seemed a good idea. Seemed sensible. We booked it, and it took a lot of work to find the time off, to make the time off, to get the time off, to book the flights, to get the vouchers that we had for the flights. It was a long process. And hands up, I admit we didn't stop and say, is this the right thing, God? Because it was a logical holiday. We were going to Greece for my grandmother's 90th. Why wouldn't you go to Greece for your grandmother's 90th? I don't know if any of you remember our lives in February last year, but um, Zoe, who's our youngest child, she became quite poorly and she went into hospital. She was in hospital for four days. I'm very grateful to the Lord she recovered fully. We came out of hospital on the Monday. We were due to fly on the Tuesday. We didn't go to Greece. And then we had to go through all the insurance, try and get the money back. We never got the full amount back. God sees the big picture. God sees the big picture. I've learned now. I ask the big question, and then I get down to the nitty-gritty of A, B, or C. God sees the big picture. Joshua wasn't expecting that response. He wasn't expecting Jesus to say, no, no, it's not about I'm with you or I'm with them. Are you with me? Is basically what the commander of the Lord's army said, are you with me? 
If I'd stopped to ask God and say, are we meant to go to Greece for my grandmother's 90th? Say, I'd ask the question. I probably wouldn't have been expecting the answer of, no, actually, there isn't grace to book these flights and saved us a lot of bother. But that's okay. We've all learnt. And there are more important things than life, in life than holidays. But you get my point. Joshua asked a very specific question. And Jesus, we expect this is Jesus, the commander of the Lord's army, as it is in the Bible, gives him an answer that perhaps he wasn't expecting. But here's the good bit. Joshua gets his answer right. He starts off with A or B. He doesn't get the answer he's expecting. And then he says, okay, what's your message for me, Lord? What do you want your servant to do? If you want a new type of encounter with God, we have to be prepared for a new message and a new strategy. It can't just be A or B. There has to be a bigger question because God can do it. And in meeting with us, he can, he can bend our circumstances. He can change our work. Where we live, what we do with our children, relationships, our ministry, there are no no-go areas for the Lord. And there is such freedom when we give it all over to him. We sang out, you know, I surrender everything to you. This is what we're talking about. It can't be, God, you're so big, you're so able. I trust you for all of my life, every single part of it, because you are the Lord of more than I could ask or imagine. All good so far. But there's only two suitable jobs that I feel would work for me at the moment. Which one would you like me to have? It doesn't work. There's no freedom in that. There's no change. There's no breakthrough. There's no encounter. It doesn't work. In an encounter with God, he will... He will take us out of our own limited thinking and into his supernatural thinking and his ways. I don't know which camp you stand on this morning, but I definitely want the supernatural. <laughs> the thinking, the ways, the whole shebang. That's where I'm at this morning. But Joshua, he had two ways forward, didn't he? He said, this man, is he for us or is he for our enemies? God had another way of seeing things and he led Joshua into that way. Joshua was willing to have his own ways changed and shaped by the Lord. And he got what anyone, any sensible fighter at the time would consider to be a wacky plan for how to win the battle, but he won the battle. Here's a whistle-stop tour of my and Andy's life over the last few years. So I can give you several experiences that we've had where we've asked God about something and we have not had the answer we were expecting, but we have seen the victory Andy is a hematologist. For those of you who don't know, he's, he finished his training two years ago now. And when he was coming to the end of his training, there were two consultant posts going, which is the end point. That's the end point, right? You train as a doctor and you either end up a GP or a consultant. And there was two jobs going. Neither of them felt right. One seemed a bit too far away. One just wasn't quite what we were looking for. And there was this third job. It wasn't a consultant post. It was a, get this, 30% salary drop. 30%, do the maths in your head, what that means. Um, and yet somehow there was grace for that job. So he went for it. He got that job. And about six months into this post, where he hadn't made a sensible decision in what you might have expected, you know, career-wise, this new consultant post opened up locally, which was, by Andy's admission, I would say... You call it now your dream job, which he never would have known about, been able to apply for or anything if he'd gone for one of the other options. Why did he make that decision? He met with God. 
he prayed. He asked God the bigger question. It wasn't A or B. It was, what do you want me to do, God? Victory. I'm so grateful that you met with God that day. Victory for us. Having Zoe, we've got three kids. Zoe is um, three. We weren't planning to have Zoe when we had Zoe. We love her. We're so grateful she's here. We weren't planning to have her. We thought another year, because I have exams, um, training, various other needs. We were moving house. That was another God thing. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't the time we were planning, but we felt it. We felt it. God was speaking to us. We met with God, and God was saying, this is the time for child number three. Can I tell you that in the weeks after we had Zoe, um, Andy and I probably personally saw, saw the biggest breakthrough we've ever seen in our lives and deliverance that has made the biggest difference to our family. I don't know why, but I do know who. I don't know why, but I do know who. It's not about what you know. It's about who you know. Yeah? Selling our house. We sold our house. We sold our house for a loss. We sold our house when my belly was about this big with Zoe. Some of you will have heard the story before. It wasn't the sensible time, but we knew that we'd heard from God. Sell your house. Not buy a house. We didn't go A or B, God. Which house are we going to buy? We ended up in a rented house. Not what we were planning. It wasn't on my dream board for the year. I'd love to rent a house, Lord, after owning a house for eight years. It wasn't. But do you know what happened six months later? The owners of our dream house that we now own rang us and said, yeah, we'll accept that really low offer. But we could move there and then. Why? Because we were in a rented property with a deposit in the bank. God is good. There is victory. Big questions. We're thinking big this morning. I've got two more. Are you still with me? Great. After my maternity leave with Zoe, we were praying, what should I do? Where should I work? What day should I work? And it was getting closer and closer. And I was asking God, speak to me. You know, say, say to me, what, what is it that you want us to do at this time? And I felt him say, take a career break. Made no sense. This was the year that Andy was on 30% less salary. And we were in the really big house. <laughs> you can do the maths again if you like. It, the numbers didn't add up, but God spoke. I asked for this. It was rejected twice. Eventually, it went to the head of my school, and he said yes. That year for us was the most grounding and um, rooting year as a family that we have ever had, and I am so grateful that in God's wisdom, we had the space to do that, and I wasn't chasing my job or my training or anything else that I had to do. Victory. We homeschool our kids we never set out to homeschool. We didn't, I, I, haven't, I haven't been raised homeschooled. I haven't had that idea before. But we heard from God. We met with God when we were asking the question, what do we do with our kids? And we felt that for us at that time, that was the right thing to do. And we've done it. We've seen victory. We've seen our children be rooted and established and some foundations that I don't know that I would have been able to do with them had they been in a school at that time. This is our story. These are our stories They'll be different for you, but the thing that characterized each and every one of these slightly out there, not on our orbit usually, victories were the fact that we met face to face with God. And that's what makes me feel really excited standing here and telling you today, because we see it. We see that Joshua had a now encounter and a new encounter, and he had this resounding victory that he didn't even know about around the corner. And I can tell you from my life, I have met with God and I have seen these victories around the corner that I never knew. In case you're still wondering, the year that Andy was on 30% less salary and I was on no salary, God met each and every one of our needs month after month in this big house that we were in. He knows. He's got it. He's got the victory. 
remember Joshua's greatest victory he achieved after he'd met with the Lord. Encounters with Jesus come at the times that we most need them, whether it seems like that or not. I don't know if any of you read Pastor Caesar's declarations for the year, but earlier this week, um, this is a quote from one of the declarations. What he says is, the same happens when we are confronted with God's purity, majesty, and holiness. We surrender our ministries, our jobs, our titles, and our triumphs at the feet of Jesus. When one worships the holiness of God, the spiritual atmosphere is transformed transformed into an environment of peace and divine glory floods in. As we are confronted with God's holiness, our hearts surrender completely to him and our spirits open to hear his voice. Regardless of the condition we find ourselves in, when we receive the love of the Father, we are transformed into his likeness. Glory to God. Thank you, Margaret. (laughs) What victory is round the corner for us this morning? What victory is round the corner for me this morning? What victory is round the corner for you this morning? It's there. It's waiting. Have we limited God's plan for our lives? Have we set conditions on what he can say, how he can say it, where he can take us? It's okay. Joshua got it right. He's shown us how to do it right. He asked the second question, and we can ask that question too this morning. What message do you have for me, Lord? I believe there are now encounters in this room this morning, now encounters with Jesus to be had here this morning, and they are new encounters. Maybe you have met with God. Maybe your life has been continually steered by him and you've got all those wonderful victories. There are more here today. Maybe you never have. That's there for you too this morning. There are now encounters and there are new encounters this morning. When we relent our plans and thoughts to God and meet with Jesus, our whole way of thinking and of being can change. From being limited in the, what can you do for me, to limitless and what can I do for you, God? Heavenly thoughts can come to us when we meet with God. Suddenly, new, different ideas, creative plans that we wouldn't have thought of ourselves, options that we didn't realize were there. I love that line. It's one of the Psalms that says that there was a path in the ocean that nobody knew was there before God split the sea. There was a path there, just nobody knew it. There are paths there for us this morning. We might not know them, we might not see them, we might not be able to plot them on a map, but they are there this morning and they'll get us through to the other side and the victory. We need this. Amen? We need this. Let's stand, let's pray together this morning. Let's pray and then we'll say this declaration together this morning. Lord Jesus, I am here to meet with you this morning. Lord, we are here to meet with you this morning, face to face and in the now, Lord. Father, we're ready, we're listening in a new way, and we want to hear your message that you have for us today. Amen. Should we declare this together? Today... There is a new encounter for me with Jesus that will lead me on to victory. 
Can we say it together? Can we say it all at the same time? This is powerful stuff. Today, there is a new encounter for me with Jesus that will lead me on to victory. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I just want to really give us an opportunity to keep responding just for a moment to what we've heard this morning. Um, it's so great that there's a now opportunity for us, isn't it? That this opportunity to meet with God in a fresh way and in a new way in our lives, however we've met with him before or never before, now and today, there is an opportunity for us. And, you know, because of what Jesus has done on the cross, that opportunity isn't like it was for Joshua once in a faraway place, just at one moment in his life. But because of what Jesus has done on the cross, every moment for us is an opportunity for a now encounter. Because of what Jesus has opened up for us, God isn't someone who meets us once or twice in one place, in one way. But God is willing and able to meet with us in every heart, every situation, every time that we're in. This isn't a one-off encounter. It's something for us that's day after day. There's a now and a today encounter for us in Him. Isn't that good news? And so today, whether you've never encountered God or whether you've had many times that you feel He's spoken to you or touched your life or done something in you, today He wants to do something more. Isn't that good? That's good news, that Jesus wants to touch us this morning in a new way. And you know, this isn't a message just about meeting with Jesus, but it's a message about meeting with Jesus because there's something happening now for us as a church that hasn't happened before, and that's going to take us forward into something new in God. Just as Karis was speaking to us about in the last two weeks, that there's a time of devotion for us in God that's going to change us forever. So this moment and this encounter... It's going to change our thinking and transform who we are in God so that we're ready to be the people that God is going to take us forward into victory, so that we're ready to be the church that God wants to take us forward into all that he has for us. There's something new for you today in God. If you've encountered God in a way many years ago, or if you have encountered him as you read the Bible, if you've encountered him as you pray, if you've encountered him through someone else's story, a mom or a dad who knew God and who's told you about that. Whatever your encounter and understanding of meeting with Jesus is so far, this morning there's more for you. This morning there's something else for you to receive from Jesus. So why don't we lift our hands to him. If you want that, I just want to give you the opportunity. If you want something new and something now to take you forward in God, to bring us forward into a new victory in God together, you know, this is not an individual thing. Joshua is one man meeting with Jesus. But today, God is looking to meet with us as a church. He's looking to meet with us as a family. He wants to take us forward. He wants to do something new. He wants to do something now. And this is a moment and an opportunity for us to receive that. Holy Spirit, we pray, as Lord, as we stand here before you, you see every heart. Lord, we thank you. You see through the outside. You see through all of the weaknesses of our lives and you see into our hearts. Father, I pray for every person here that whether they've never met with you before, if this is all new, God, or whether we've met with you many times before, 
we come to you now and we say, Lord Jesus, meet with us now. Holy Spirit, touch our hearts now. Let's just put this prayer on our lips. Lord Jesus, I want to meet with you now. Touch my life. I want to see you like I've never seen you before. I want to experience you like I've never known before. I want you to do something new in my life today. And as we open our hearts in this moment, the Holy Spirit is going to touch our lives. He's going to open up our thinking. He's going to open us up more to encounter God in His holiness, in His goodness, so that we would know Him more. You know, an encounter is all about person. An encounter is all about the person of Jesus. He's going to do great things in your life. He's going to take us forward as a church. He's going to touch your life. He's going to bring healing. He's going to bring change. He's going to bring transformation. He's going to lead you on into victory and into conquest. But at its very heart, an encounter is all about a person. It's about meeting Jesus, him knowing you more and you knowing him more. Holy Spirit, we pray, bring us to a place of great encounters this morning. Holy Spirit, we pray in this week as we go on, encounter us. Father, I pray for every person here that as we look to you each day, will you stir up our hearts to ask you for something now and to ask you for something new. Father, we pray for families here today. Lord, we pray for something now and we pray for something new. God, we believe this is a time and there's a grace here. There's an anointing here for something now to come in families and in people and in situations. God, we believe there's a grace for something new to come in, Father, for power to change situations, circumstances, and families. And God, we pray that where we've asked you and said to you, God, would you, do you want me to do A or B? Do you want me to do this or that? These are the things I'm willing to do. Father, this morning afresh, we want to say to you, God, what do you want? Lord Jesus, what do you want? What do you want of my life? You can have it all. God, would you take limits off our thinking? We thank you that Joshua came to you. He had a good heart. He just wanted to ask the question, are you for us, are you for them? And Lord, we thank you that in your great grace, you lifted him out of that place and you showed him that there was another way. There was something new in you. There was a supernatural new way of doing things that was going to take him on to a new way of victory. And not only that, but you were going to lead Joshua to a place where he could lead thousands of other people into victory as well. And this morning, that's our heart. God, it's not just about us. God, we believe that in all you're going to do in us in this moment, in this week, in the days that follow, it's not just so that we can go on with you. It's because you've got thousands of people that you also want us to lead on to meet with you in victory and in conquest. God, this is not about one person. God, you see in us the multitudes, and that's why you're choosing today to encounter us in this place.